What's up, everybody? It's Kyle Lee with a new episode of The Shipping Manifest. We took a little bit of, a, bit of an extended break, but we're back with our X-Men episode. Uh, and this is going to be a controversial episode. It's going to hurt some feelings. And uh, who knows? We, we, might, we might just set off the radar of the President of the United States. I don't want to make any assumptions. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but there was some pretty incendiary stuff said in this podcast, so I hope you will continue listening for that. But before we get to it, we have our very first voicemail. That's right, we've been asking for him. We've got one from our good friend Matt Peters. He is here to give us a little bit more information about Cyborg. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to Matt, and we're going to hear his little message, and then we're going to jump right into the episode. And like all good episodes of The Shipping Manifest, it starts kind of weird, and we're not sure if we have a connection. That's what it's like to record with Anchor. Uh, Anywho, let's get started, shall we? Hey gang, Matt Peters here. I heard the last episode where you guys read off a few of my cyborg ships, and I wanted to give a little bit of clarification. Now, unfortunately, in the comics and the games and the movie, we don't really see much of cyborgs, um, I guess, charisma. So unfortunately, again, the most characterization we get of that regard comes from Teen Titans Go. We'll start with Teen Titans first. He and Bumblebee were kind of a thing. I feel like we would have seen that go on. Kyle, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, If the show had continued, we would have seen more of that. Jinx. Now, this one's actually pretty cool because they're on two opposing sides on Teen Titans Go, but the teams kind of call a truce so they can date. Last but not least, the Dark Horse, Starfire. There was one episode where they hung out because they were so sick of the rest of the Titans And it seemed like they kind of had a nice little vibe going. They even sang a duet. Anyway, uh, I'll leave the rest to you guys' imagination. Thank you so much. Love the show. Take care. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. (laughs) That wasn't sarcastic? (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm a little sleepy. Uh, we're, We're recording at a different time. Uh, because uh, working nights makes things difficult. Uh, so we're actually recording this on Monday uh, morning slash noon. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little sleepy. It's a different world when we're yeah. in the middle, when we're a daytime recording. And um, I also like... Was really tired yesterday too, so I'm glad we ended up not recording because I went to the Renaissance Fair, and yeah. uh, it was opening weekend, so it was like, first of all, the weather was beautiful, and then also there was like no one there. <laughs> it was a very small attendance because it's the first weekend, so that's why we were like, "That's the weekend to go." There's a two and a half year old coming, so that was yeah. fun. I know my experiences with the uh, Renaissance Festival have always been very busy uh, activities. A lot of people around, a lot of walking, really hot out. Uh, 
insult comics yelling at me uh, when I am just a <laughs> child. I'm like, please don't do this. Please don't. And they're like, me. throw a throw a bloody tomato at me. You know, show show you worth something. And I'm like, I, I don't I don't really want to. I just wanted to look at swords. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I just look at swords? Yeah, Bristol is a very t- is very tame in regards to people yelling at you. Like they won't engage with you unless you are clearly playing along. So like mm-hmm. if you if they say something to you, first of all, they're not going to immediately insult you. They're going to, well. you know, maybe play along or play a little game and then if you engage and are I'm game, I'm here for that experience. This is an experience I'm signing on for. Then they will then they'll play with you but if you are not will if you are very clearly just here to enjoy the scenery or shop or like eat food you know and not really engage with the entertainment like they respect that and they're like it's cool because a lot of them are theater professionals in chicago that just do this for fun like one of the um one of the like mainstay shows there uh is a sword fighting is a sword fighting show um and the one of the guys in it is the stage combat direct, like the director of the stage combat department at Columbia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's really good at knowing, Oh, you don't want to play. Okay. That's fine. Um, my favorite experience from going there is the guy who played Robin hood when we were there. He um, came into the audience and was like chatting with people and like bothering people. And then he stole my bag. And um, because I was engaging, like it wasn't like he just walked up to me and took my shit. I was engaging with him and he took my my bag. My eye just went as big as saucers. I was like, Robin Hood. No, no, he like I was engaging with him and he took my bag because he liked it because it was green and he's Robin Hood. Right. And it was green and it had a rainbow colored peace sign on it. And he took it, and then I have a picture of it somewhere, and I will find it. He put it, o- he slung it over his shoulder and posed, and like like he was a teen girl at the mall, and it was so funny. And I have a picture of him like posing with this like tote bag, and we laughed, and it was a great time. But for the most part, like you know, they won't bug you if you don't want them to bug you. Well, now now that you put it that way, I'm starting to realize that. It, it it wasn't necessarily that I was bugging them. It was my dad was bugging them, and I, yeah. and I caught in the crossfire, uh, which was a common, uh, common sort of thing from my childhood, where I would be like, "Dad, come on, no, please, please don't do, don't don't fight with them, please, can we not?" Yeah. And uh, I mean the the town where they have it in Colorado is called Larkspur, which I, I legitimately just had to look up because I was like, is that a thing from like King Arthur? Because I associate Larkspur with like old timey shit so much that I was like, maybe they named the town after something from that. And mm-hmm. it, it's not, it's, it's like an old English word, but it, it's like something with dolphins. It's very strange. Um, but people take it incredibly seriously there. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of intense. Uh, there's, there's a fine line. There's people that go to the Renaissance Festival because it's fun. Yeah. And then there are those who go because it's their D&D campaign. 
Yeah. And like there there was like and then there's the guy that dresses up every year I see him. He dresses up as Sir Francis Bacon. Really? But he is just wearing a bacon out like a bacon costume. Oh. And then a, a hello my name is sticker that says Sir Francis. Oh. And he carries around with him on a, like a little ship on a string. And that one that makes me laugh every fucking year because he is just he is here to be funny. And like I'm fine I don't mind like you dress up for the Renaissance Festival, that is cool. Like Eric and Summer go full out. They like dress up. Yeah. I would dress up. I just have not ever had the time in my life to invest in it. Like I just never can justify spending three hundred dollars on one piece of the outfit. It's and so then expensive. Uh, right. So Summer and I Summer wants me to do like a whole Iron Man themed Elizabethan dress situation. And I was like, well, if you design that, I will see if my aunt can make it cheaper than I can buy it from, like, these costumers at this place. Because they yeah. also are marking up, like, my aunt can, pro- I can, then I can, also if my aunt makes it, because she used to make the one, she used to make costumes for the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Okay. And so, like, my aunt can make it, because pro- it'll be cheaper, because I can buy all the product. I can do it in my own time, so I can do it as I can afford to, not rely on when the th- the person building it wants to do it. I can just be like, okay, so this is the part I can afford to make right now. Here's the money. Let's go buy the fabric. Like, or I'll go buy the fabric. I don't have to pay my aunt for time. She'll just do it for me. She like makes me dresses all the time. And the deal is I have to pay for the fabric and the patterns and anything that's necessary. And then she will make it. And that's That's the agreement. That's right. <laughs> well, because she's my aunt, so right. she doesn't have, she's not going to charge me for labor where she would charge somebody for labor that is, you know, coming to her for a custom outfit. You know. Yeah. I get I get the the niece deal. <laughs> so. It's it's good. It's good to have. Uh yeah. I, I I pretty much didn't have an idea of what I would wear to a Renaissance festival if I did ever dress up until Zendaya at the Met, Met Gala last year. <laughs> and I was like, that's Perfect. what I'd wear. That is what yeah. I'd wear. Uh, but I imagine that that is not cheap and or comfortable. Uh, it is a lot of chain mail. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just not as hardcore as Zendaya. And I just, I've come to terms with that, honestly. Well, we'll never be as hardcore as Zendaya is. I mean, none of us will ever be that cool. Yeah. So, you know, which, you know, Tom Holland has repeatedly said, I will never be as cool as she is. Yeah. And he would know. I think I think the sooner that we come to that agreement as a nation, that, that none of us are going to be as cool as her. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll make more progress. Um, right. If you just accept now. Yeah. The way the way that people require you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior you should also accept that you will never be as cool as Zendaya is. <laughs> yeah, never. Uh, don't worry, folks. We know that Spider-Man just came out, but we're not going to get into a spoiler talk about it today. Uh, we'll give it a little bit of room to breathe uh, because... Yeah, it doesn't have quite the immediate need to talk about it as uh, Endgame did. But it so... also has a lot in there where if you if you even, like, kind of talk about it it's a spoiler and right. it's, i don't i don't want to i don't want to go down that road mostly right. but really enjoyed it uh yeah. 
and it's it's I, wild. Yeah, I will say uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing. So good. He is my favorite MCU villain. So good. Um, if you didn't know that Mysterio was going to be a villain, uh, you just aren't paying attention. So I'm not. I don't feel bad about spoiling that for you. If you Have just Google read. search, right? You have if you haven't read Spider-Man comics or seen a Spider-Man cartoon or, or seen or video. played a Spider-Man video game, you know, and this is your your only experience with Spider-Man or the Sony MCU movies, that is a choice that you have made. But if you just Google search Mysterio, it comes up as Spider-Man villain. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for you. Like, <laughs> well, you get you get half spider-man villain and half small mexican wrestler those are the two results that you get when you search mysterio uh and then that came full circle uh earlier this year when ray mysterio dressed up as mysterio and everybody was like this is the moment we've been waiting for 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 25 years this is incredible uh it was as foretold in the scrolls when he took that name uh, um, it was exciting. Cool. 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 Yeah. Anywho, uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about something sad? Um, I mean, you've met me, right? <laughs> well, as I have uh, the webpage open for, uh, for some of the ships that we're going to be discussing, one of the news stories in the sidebar just says dark phoenix bombed harder than 2015's fantastic four which is ouch oh ouch so so brutal uh and this is how i can tell you that i know that that is a true statement i i actually went to see fantastic four in the theaters and i did not see dark phoenix uh so yeah, the only draw for the Fantastic Four movie was me, for me was Michael B. Jordan, but like I also don't like the Fantastic Four. Right. I didn't like anybody else in that movie. I really don't like Kate Mara. See, and um, I do like Kate Mara, so she was best, one of those. I was like, all right, let's give the, this a shot. The best part of House of Cards was when he pushed her in front of a train, hmm. and. Uh, that's not. I don't feel bad for that spoiler either because who's gonna go back and watch House of Cards now? Fucking nobody. Fucking nobody. So if you miss the House of Cards train, unless you're just gonna watch the current, the newest season where Kevin Spacey is, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a train you are not getting on unless you are gonna secretly have to make that deal with yourself and tell nobody that you didn't get on the House of Cards train until after Kevin Spacey was Kevin Spacey. Yeah. As we know him now. Which, uh, which as we know him now, is also as we've kind of known him for a while. We, sus- we always suspected, but we never had confirmation. And now yeah. that we have confirmation, is that really, a, is that really the train that you want to back? Yeah, it's so... <laughs> weird how, like, all of the people where it's like, I'm pretty sure they're a scumbag. It's like, here's one thing. And it's like, thank you for finally giving me that confirmation. And it just keeps happening. It, it seems to be working happening. for everybody but our president. Weird. Well, something new is happening that seems to be rankling him 
That happens every day. That happens every day. Somebody says something new has happened that seems to be the thing that's going to take down Donald Trump. And uh, it's never the thing. Some these these fucking people that back Donald Trump just will not let it like they will not let it go. They won't. It just I can't I cannot anymore. And yeah. it's listen, I have given up on trying to get him out of office. Now it's just like in this term, the the only focus I have now is let's get make sure he doesn't have a second term. Yeah. Like, let's make this a oh, a temporary insanity where we had one, four years of this batshit and then we went back to, like, actual politics. Yeah. And we aren't Russian. <laughs> like, That'd be nice. Be, be nice. Like, let's put the, let's get rid of the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the funnest part about hanging out with Eric now is that, you know, I always just make Captain America jokes that make him sad. But not jokes at the expense of Captain America or at the expense of any anything he likes about Captain America. Uh, it's all just like, yeah, you also thought that Nazis were gone, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> like, Way to go. So, good luck. Good luck. Oh, man. So. Anywho. Um, uh, yeah. But anyway. That's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Hey, so that's why we're talking about fictional characters relationships uh because it helps it's better to, than real life <laughs> it helps to distract from the world burning it numbs the pain so that's jolly uh yeah. I, I, I do have to share this thing with you that i was gonna send you but then i would have ra- i rather because i don't care about x-men enough that i just needed to fill this with all things that i'd rather talk about sure um, okay. <laughs> There was this, I saw this thing yesterday. It was somebody posted this on Facebook and it was um, how disrespectful it is when your younger sibling is taller than you. And I literally, I sent it to um, Caitlin and I said, this is Dick and Jason. Dick is always disrespected by Jason being taller than him. And then also Tim someday. And then Damien will also be taller than him. And Cass, Cass is taller than him. Oh man! Just no. She's. I'm sorry. Cass is just barely shorter than him. But if she wears a heel or stands on stairs, it blows. It just fucks him up. <laughs> and it's just like, God damn it! Why do? And then I was talking to. Uh, I sent a picture of. It then translated to Chris as well because I sent a picture of all of the cast of, like the main cast of, uh, Far From Home at a premiere. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was like, um, um, God, why can't I remember Ned's real name? Uh, Jacob Batalon. Ja- Jacob Batalon, Tom Holland, Zendaya, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. And Jake Gyllenhaal is her perfect Peter. Like, she has used him as a face claim for an adult Peter for years. Yeah. And she has wanted him to play Peter for years. So Zendaya is taller than Peter or than (laughs) both Peters. (laughs) And it just became a running joke about that. And then I said something about like, yeah, Peter's just upset that everyone's taller than him. And then I was like, well, Dick's not taller than him. And she goes, well, Dick is microscopic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a little dick. He's a little dick. 
He's just so tiny. Yeah. But yeah. So then just everybody being taller than Dick Grayson has been my amusement of the last two days. It's pretty solid. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Because all of his girlfriends are always taller than him. Yeah. Depending on the artist. Yeah, I can't think of one that he was like crazy taller than. Maybe his more recent, his most recent one, not the Rick girlfriend B that he's dating now, but she's like gaining on him. She's not significantly shorter than he is. She's like pretty close, she's maybe like growing. an inch, huh? She's still growing because Dick. So she's an ad- she's an adult woman. She's okay. probably not still growing. Okay, just you said she was gaining on him, and I was like, no. Oh, I just mean that like it, like she is not. She's. It's not like it's a. It's a significant difference. Like they always like to draw girlfriends much shorter than boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a significant difference there. It is very much like if she put on the right pair of heels, she would definitely be taller than he is. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the only one that's ever been significantly shorter than him is Sean. Yeah. And I will, you know, that's fine. Cause she was also like a little person, like not a little person, but like little as a person. That's so, fair. yeah. She also had like a bird themed shtick going on at one point when she was a super villain. So it's fine. I mean, who doesn't? Anyway. She was like a super villain's Robin, so. A super villain's Robin. She what? was a sidekick to a super villain, and now yeah. she runs. Then she now she runs a uh, support group therapy thing for former super villains who want to change their lives around. That's nice. Yeah, and that's how she and Dick met because he went and was work. He was working with them. But they didn't know that he had experience on the other side of things. (laughs) And then she finds out later. Well, yeah, it's bound to come up. Yeah. Uh, So something that I got to thinking about back to uh, good old Ned Leeds is Uh how freaking funny it would be if in the MCU that Ned becomes the Hobgoblin. I'm just hoping for it. Like, like, I think it'll be so good. Like, let him have it. And I want him to just be, like, trying to do good, but he ends up kind of screwing things up, and Peter has yeah. to, like, fix it, like, scrambling. He's like, Peter, yeah. look, I'm flying on a glider. And he's like, Ned, get down from there. You're going <laughs> to hurt yourself. He's like, no, dude, I'm a hob- hobgoblin. It's so cool. Uh, oh my I mean, god, it'd be so good. Do that. Just do well, that. Well, especially because, you know, Ned Leans becomes a bad guy, but then reforms. Mm-hmm. And then dies. Yeah. But, you know, he could not die. There's plenty see. of people that have not died. Yeah. Happy Hogan, for example, is yeah. still kicking and Tony is gone. So, you know, we, we're fine with changing things. Yeah. We can change things. Keep it fresh. Yeah. But I do think that that's that's the way that you could still do that hobgoblin uh, with the casting that you have, and it would be pretty funny. Uh, I agree. It it could even be like a real short, like, all right, let's try this, and it's like, no, you lost your glider privileges. (laughs) This cast, listen, I'll watch them do anything. I really enjoy all of them. I think 
all of the casting in the in the Spider-Man movies has been like chef's kiss. Like yeah. it has been very well done. They have done a really good job of like I don't even hate Flash Thompson. Like he's just having a you know, he's just trying and he's he's just a try hard. Yeah, that I, like I I I hate Flash Thompson, but I get Flash Thompson. Like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's annoying and he's not likable for sure but like yeah. he's not he's not like the bully that beats the shit out of peter all the time like aggressively a bully like he's, he's not just... joe manginello yeah right like we've we've changed we've evolved yeah um <laughs> Sorry, I don't. You don't watch. I'm sure you don't watch Big Little Lies, but uh, no. the character that we Reese Witherspoon plays, um, she just texted me, and you don't even need to know the context of just the kind. Like, it it all takes place in this like upper crust com- like community of in Monterey, California, and like everyone's you know the typical white woman, rich wo- rich white woman in an affluent community, like that's the thing that's like the the through line and um, okay reese witherspoon's character she um her name is madeline and caitlin just texted me and she said i have a feeling that madeline is what would have happened to Elle woods if she married warner and it's just so accurate (laughs) even if you haven't seen it you can imagine what that would be absolutely absolutely because I have seen Legally Blonde. Thank you very much. Yes. Oh, everybody's seen Legally Blonde. You have to. Like, it's... I haven't seen the second one because I was like, eh, I think I'm good with the first one. Uh, but, yeah, that, that first one is real good stuff. You know what? The second one is not bad. The second one is... It's not great. But, yeah. you know, it's got Sally Field in it. Um, it's, you know... And like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trashing on it. It's just like for for me, I was like, I feel like this story is at a good conclusion. I, I don't need there anything is more. A cute thing about her trying to buy wedding cleats so that they could get married at Fenway. <laughs> oh, because God. he loves baseball, and she is she is a good girlfriend, fiance who wants. Yeah. To get married at Fenway because that's something that her husband would like. Right. She doesn't care about baseball, but her her future husband does, and that's something that means something to him. So they're going to yeah. get married there, and she's going to get wedding cleats, and that is adorable. That's that's pretty cute. It's pretty so. cute stuff. All right. And then there's a great line where Paulette says, "You," she's like dressed in this like wet red, white, and blue outfit. Just, you look like the Fourth of July. It makes me want a hot dog real bad. Oh yeah, that was in the trailer. Yeah, it's really heard good. That, heard that a few times. Yeah. Oh, that's something we can talk about. Were the tra- were the trailers before Spider Man for you like super bad? Oh my god, they were the weirdest trailers to be in front of a kind of kids movie that I have ever seen. Like, there <laughs> yeah. was one. There was one for like there was definitely a murder movie that was in front of it, and then there was uh-huh. also like that Hobbs and Shaw movie, and yep. then like the why are we still trying to get money out of the Terminator franchise? Nobody wants to see these movies anymore. Yeah, 
<clears throat> and like, then I'm, I'm only in for that Terminator movie because of Mackenzie Davis. Like that is it. Uh, I have never enjoyed a Terminator movie. I have. Um, I don't. I I just the Terminator has never been something that I've been into. The first Terminator movie, I I really really like because it's like a like a horror movie. But then they turned it into an action movie, and then they just kind of forgot what was good about the whole thing. So it's lost its way. But Mackenzie Davis hits a robot in the face with a sledgehammer. So I guess I'm gonna see it. I don't know. And then, like, there was the trailer for uh, that shark movie where where people are underwater and there's a shark after them. And it's like, why do you keep going into the water? I thought Jaws, like, told you just don't do that. I didn't get the shark movie, but we had Crawl, the movie about the alligators that are so, so that, movie. that one came in, <clears throat> like, without announcing that it was a trailer. It just started after another trailer and it was like 30 seconds long and I was like what the hell was that like there was zero like expectation of what it was there was zero explanation of what it was it was so jarring and like yeah isn't this basically a kids movie like this yeah. is a Spider-Man movie and I saw it at 8.15 in the morning yeah. there were kids there for sure yeah, it was not. It was a strange selection of previews for before a PG movie, like PG thirteen movie. It was not. There were a lot of those movies, the bef- trailers that were definitely R rated movies. So I don't. I didn't know if it was just RAMC, but it's good to know that it's. It was a, a choice overall that whatever trailers you played in front of Spider Man were not spider-man appropriate trailers then we also had stuber which looks like i'm sorry i like both of the people in that movie but it looks fucking stupid it looks real bad it looks so bad like there's uh, there's the plot is so sweaty like i can't there's nothing about it that looks good any anytime there's one of those movies that comes out where it's like really hammering on like that new thing, quote unquote, uh, like that new company or that new trend that all the kids are chasing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what's what's everybody talking about? Oh, everybody's taking Uber now, and you can tell that this this freaking script was written like six years ago, and it just finally got made because it just it feels like it's like yeah everybody uses uber and it's like actually we've kind of stopped using uber so much because they're really bad to their workers and it's it's just a bad company uh and they're like no it's jolly look he's he's scared about getting less than five five stars because if he gets less than five stars we'll take away his ability to make money that's fun Aren't we having fun, everybody? Oh, and and look, uh, this isn't weird. It's a cop who is just shooting everything constantly. Well, but also, like, like, why doesn't the cop have his own vehicle? And, like, at what, like, also, if your vehicle, something was damaged and made you not be able to drive your vehicle, why didn't you just call backup? mm -hmm. Like, why didn't you just call other people with vehicles to, like, yeah like that's not how being a cop works like you don't understand the basic fundamentals of cops 
it's and it's so it's so frustrating because you know what like, it is it's just that that Queen Latifah Jimmy Fallon movie Taxi yes it's the same concept it's an Uber instead of a taxi and I wasn't that taxi like a super taxi too I don't know I didn't see it because it had I Jimmy Fallon in it but but I feel like there was some sort of trailer where it was like and this taxi transforms into a crazy taxi but not that crazy taxi because that's owned by sega but it and it's not taxi driver that's a different movie totally different thing all of the violence in this movie is gonna be funny and not gonna inspire somebody to try and murder ronald reagan um but who knows maybe we can fit it in I mean, would that have been the worst thing? Not really. Not really. I mean, listen, it's not that I ever want to side with somebody who wants to murder, but also. I don't support the reasoning uh, that he had. I mean, I do. I, too, would kill for Jodie Foster. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Look, yes, granted. Uh, Jodie Foster, National Treasure. Uh, which maybe that can be what Nicolas Cage steals next time. It's just Jodie Foster. <laughs> just, no, don't wish Nick Cage on Jodie Foster. That's so mean. She's, <laughs> she's been through enough. Yeah, she's friends with Mel Gibson. She's been through enough. Yeah. And she helped rehab Robert Downey Jr. So that yeah. is enough for one lifetime. Yeah, she has she has given. As of this month, this month, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is sixteen years sober. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. It is. Fun fact. Sixteen years. He's doing it. He's living his best life. Doing the thing. He's doing. And he's finally free of Marvel. He doesn't have to go into that that helmet cam anymore. Anymore. Right, until he's like, I don't want to do these other things anymore. I miss Chris Evans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tom Holland keeps blowing up my phone. Come on, Tom. Let me be let me rest. (laughs) Let's let's get the gang back together. Come on. He's like, dude, you died two months ago. Like, rest. And he's like, no, come on, let's get the gang back together. Remember how I said I didn't want to do this anymore? Just kidding. I'm just, I'm just bored. <laughs> I, don't, no, I realized he's that just... once I made all of the money, I, do, I, I just I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, no, that's why he's becoming actual Tony Stark and donating all of his money to save the planet. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <sighs> all right. Tony Stark than Elon Musk, please. Yeah, right? I mean... Everyone's a better Tony Stark than Elon Musk. I'm a better Tony Stark than Elon Musk, and that's saying something. In my many years of cosplaying and role-playing Tony Stark, I am a better Tony Stark than Elon Musk, and I have neither money or a penis, and I don't have a penis either. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have any money, I don't identify as a man, and um, I uh, am really bad at science. But I'm still a better Tony Stark. Yeah, pretty much. Because I can Google science. 
He, the, Elon Musk is a great Justin Hammer, though. Elon Musk is a great Justin Hammer. He's fucking nailing that. That's perfect. <laughs> All right, we we have successfully run out the clock on half an hour of this episode. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about the X Men today, uh, but we're we're not stalling. We're not stalling because we don't want to talk about them that much. Because I hate to break it to you, folks, I am an X Men fan. All of the ships are bad. All of them are bad. Every yeah, I tried to think of some that were like maybe okay, and no, I can't think of any. Even the ones that you could say like uh, it's all right, like there's something, there is something in there that makes it gross or like uncomfortable, or there's some weird thing that happened where it's like, oh no, that that ship was ruined, and it's it, we don't want to talk about that anymore. Like X Men is, it's it's like if you took the that pseudo uh, summer camp kind of feeling of Teen Titans, and just made it as gross as possible. Uh, yeah. So let's let's just we'll start off with probably the biggest one. Mostly because it seems to be the main thing that anybody really writes about, uh, even when one or both of them are dead. And that's Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Jean! And it's so frustrating because separate, I love both of those characters. Together, I can't fucking stand them. I cannot stand when they are together because they, be, they they turn into that mopey teenage bullshit that is just like, aren't you supposed to be adults by now? Like, I guess this was okay in the 60s, but, like, why are you still being so fucking mopey? Like, ugh, I, I really... I don't like that ship, and I don't like the alternative ship, which we'll get to, I I just feel like the X-Men might need to just, like, how about the Age of Celibacy? Like, we did the Age of Apocalypse. Let's go with the Age of Celibacy where, like, nobody's dating anybody for a little while. But we work on ourselves. The only time the X-Men in a ship is fine is if it's not another X-Men. Like, I, the ships, like, we already have one ranked. You know, yeah. of Kitty Pride and Peter Parker. You know, so if it's not another X Men, it's it's okay. Like it's palatable because the other for some for some reason there's something in the water at you know Xavier's school that has them all just obsessed with each other to mm-hmm. an unhealthy degree. And there isn't a single one of these things or moments or relationships that doesn't feel like pseudo incestuous. Well, not even pseudo incestuous. It just there's none of it that doesn't feel like an unhealthy obsession with the other one. Like Jean and Scott, I I'm sure I have mentioned it before, and I'm sure I mentioned it when the last episode. I don't like any of the X-Men. 
I maybe like one or two of them separate from the X-Men. I watched the cartoon when I was younger, but like I am not an X-Men fan. I just, it is so much for me. I don't like teenagers as a rule. And then when you (laughs) give me an entire team of teenagers that are fucking each other and also miserable, like the Teen Titans was fun because they weren't also miserable. (laughs) Like it was fun. And like, yeah, they dealt with big deal things and like, sure they had dramatic moments and people died because they were superheroes. And that was the core. That was the reason why people died is that they were superheroes and they were fighting bad guys and that, but it wasn't ever like killing each other or their powers were killing them or like, they're, they lost control. Like, how many fucking stories do I have to have about Jean Grey losing control of her powers and killing everybody? Nope. Like, I'm so fucking tired. And, like, <clears throat> anytime you say Jean Grey, I cringe. Like, I do not like Jean Grey. I do not like Scott Summers. Every, everything I know of Jean Grey and Scott Summers is just both of them being very whiny and very annoying. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just tired. I get exhausted <laughs> thinking about it. Part of the issue is the the movies hit like at the at the turn of the millennium, and they have really painted what has happened in the comics ever since, and and mm-hmm. they can't really get out of the shadow of it. Which sucks because, uh, sorry guys, those movies were made by hacks uh, entirely. Whether you're talking about uh, Brian Singer or Brett Ratner, that that in that original trilogy, it's garbage. Can we move on? Can we move past it? And like one of the things that happened in that original trilogy was a complete nerfing of. Cyclops as a character and and just making him that shitty whiny uh, guy even though he wasn't a teenager at that point and, but they, they, and... they had to do it because they wanted to turn like uh, Wolverine into the the main character so they just basically turn uh, Cyclops into a fucking cuck like it's and... When James Marsden said something about it, because he read his source material, uh-huh. he said something about it, so they killed him off. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they, also, he, he was also doing Superman Returns in a... But I know, but they, they he took that other job because he didn't want to do that anymore. He was right. like, he said something about it, they refused to work with him and, like, make him a character that was fun to play. And he's like, you don't understand. Like, these are br- this is a breakout role for me. I want to do a good job, and I want to play a good character. And, like, Scott isn't a bad character. You've just turned him into one. And their response was, oh, he's, no, that's fine. We're going to keep it this creative direction. And he went, cool, I'm going to take this other job. They're like, great, we're going to kill you. Yeah. Kill you in the, like, most boring and dumb way possible. Where you just you go out to a lake and you talk to uh, Jean Grey and then uh, you're gone. Bye. And I mean, like, at least it wasn't falling and hitting your head on a rock. You got that. You got that. Um, but it is it is frustrating that both Jean and Scott 
have been in uh, this creative hole. Uh, Scott for a little less than Gene, but both of them were ruined uh, like mid-90s in the comics uh, because of what happened with Scott and Emma, which we'll get to that too. Guess what? That's going low too. All of these are fucking going low. Uh, but as far as where I would put Scott and Gene, uh, let me scroll the fuck down. Uh, okay. Oh, man. Okay, so here is where I'm looking. Um, I'm looking at right between Bruce Wayne and Tolly, uh, Tommy Elliot and uh, Natasha Romanoff and Bruce Banner. Um, I would put it under Natasha and Bruce. But above of... Hank Pym and Jan Van Dyne? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, I'd still rather watch Natasha and Bruce than, even though it makes no sense and comes entirely out of left field and, like, I don't understand what's going on, like, I'd still rather watch that than any, more, any second of Gene and Scott. Crying about each other. I would agree because it, I feel like uh, Natasha and Bruce are less codependent, even in the weirdness that is that relationship. Right. There's no, there's no codependency. Like when he pieces the fuck out, she's not sitting around in Civil War, like crying about the fact that Bruce is gone. Right. You know, she just says that so, they like mention it once and she's like, I haven't heard from him. And then they like move on and she's still like living her fucking life. And, and we don't have because, to see her because she's like a fucking human being. <laughs> not only is she a human being, but she is more mature than Jean Grey has ever been. Either of them. They're both really immature and obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they started writing them as kids. And as they aged up, they didn't figure out how to write them as like adults. They kind of held on to that teenage bullshit. Um, and leaned way too heavy into that soup, uh, soap opera kind of vibe uh, because that that's exactly what the X-Men is. It is a soap opera. It's just yeah. all my children. It um, is. It's, it's, it literally all, is all my children. <laughs> Charles Xavier's children. Yes. Uh, which, guess what? Charles Xavier is not getting out of this episode looking good either. Uh, sorry um, to say. Listen, X-Men fans can wax poetic about what a great person Professor X is. I am here to tell you he is a garbage person. Uh, he is not not great. Hey, and take, you're it from, take it from my favorite X-Men character, Kitty Pride, who exclaimed Professor X is a jerk. Yeah. So yeah. She knows. 
She knows. Kitty Pride is really one of two X-Men that I would trust. Three. Mm-hmm. I'll give three. There are three X-Men that I trust, and Kitty Pride is on that short, short list. Yeah. Yeah. Who else while I'm typing this? Uh, Storm. Yes. Um, and uh, Nightcrawler. Okay. I can get behind both of that. those. Yeah. I like Iceman, but he, he, he's a, a little bit of a... He's a little know. too cold Johnny Storm for me. Yeah, he's, he's kind of flighty. Um, kind of... I don't, that isn't the list of X-Men that I tolerate. That's just the ones that I would trust. Yeah, yeah. The X Men I tolerate is a little bit longer. Yeah, not much. Not much. A little bit. Because I also can't keep track of them. There are so many X Men, and I have a hard enough time keeping track of who's an Avenger. Yeah. I don't have enough room, and who's a Teen Titan. I just don't have enough room in my bandwidth for extra another team with a constantly rotating roster. And, like, it's also just not my job to keep track of mutants. Like, I don't care. Like, let them live their lives, you know? Yeah. It just, I just don't care. All right. Well, coming out of, coming into the list at number 73 is Scott Summers and Jean Grey. Woof. Yeah, that's real bad. So should we do one that we like now? To we make this not just like a sad, just descent into anger. Yeah. Because yeah. there is one X-Men ship that I will get behind. Okay, hit me with it. Uh, it's T'Challa and Storm. See, I don't even really consider that like an actual X-Men ship. I mean, because... I do because she's an X-Men and that's where we're going to put this. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're probably not going to get to a Black Panther episode. Right. We don't have that many characters to shit Black Panther with. Yeah. So, Certainly. yeah. We should have more romantic relationships for T'Challa or Shuri, you know, depending on which Black Panther you're working with. Yeah. Shuri was, a Black Pan- was the Black Panther for a while. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because T'Challa, I believe, was hanging out being the uh, man without fear. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's fine. You know, just going from handling a country to a 12-block radius. Yeah. Hey, you know, sometimes you need a vacation. Yeah. Uh, And and that is a vacation to to the Black Panther. Like... Yeah. Let me... Just get some rest from a whole nation. I was a king. I need a break from being a king. I'm just going to go and make sure Daredevil's turf doesn't get screwed while he's off doing whatever he... Was he in... Was that while he was in San Francisco? I think so. Yeah. Well, he's off being disbarred in New York and getting laid in San Francisco. Now I'm just thinking of T'Challa saying, can't I just be... A friendly neighborhood Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd watch that movie. I would. Yeah. T'Challa, but as Spider-Man, like everything about like he's still T'Challa, and he's still like the same character, but just in a Spider-Man context. Okay, so. 
I don't I don't want anyone to take this seriously. I am only saying this because I think it would be funny is if that happened, you would then have to put Peter in the Black Panther costume. Yes. 100%. Just have that have that little tiny tiny boy voice <coughs> come <coughs> and saying, uh No, Wakanda? not Peter. Not Peter. Not Miles. Peter. Miles, of course. Of course put Miles, Miles in it. Yes. But that that little 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 boy voice, just like oh, we're kind of forever. Kind of forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. Uh, I guess I guess we gotta fight the guy who has. They the like. Giant, it's uh, it's like trading places. Yeah, where like he decide you know T'Challa just needs a break from his pressing matters of Wakanda, of, be- of Wakanda, but he can't let people know that he has left Wakanda and that he is not Black Panther. So he is Spider-Man. He is Miles Morales Spider-Man. And Miles Morales goes to Wakanda and poses as the Black Panther. But the only person who's in on it is Shuri because she clocks it the second that he sees her. It's the best, best fucking idea. <laughs> and then, so it's, her trying to teach him how to be lame like T'Challa, and that's literally her words. Like, you, I have to teach you to be lame like my brother. And then trying to convince like Okoye and the rest of the Doramage that he is, he is, he is absolutely T'Challa. He is the Black Panther. And like yeah. him trying to do the accent and Shuri like, no, you sound like a white person trying to imitate us. What are you doing? <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh man! And he walks in wearing wearing his sneakers with one uh, shoelace undone, and she goes, "What are those? <laughs> My brother would never wear those." <laughs> so good. Listen, this is people should be paying me for these brilliant ideas. This is good. This is good stuff. Uh, well, Storm and T'Challa are really good together. Uh, they have this uh, regal air about them that you don't get <coughs> really like they really want Black Bolt and Medusa to have that air about them and it just doesn't work because nobody cares about the inhuman and Black Bolt just sucks <laughs> Super sucks. He su- the best version of the Illuminati team was when the Medusa replaced Black Bolt. Yeah, yeah. Because Medusa is is kind of cool on her own, but Black Bolt just super sucks. Like I I can't I can't really get behind a character who like oh he, like if he ever even sneezes the whole world explodes and it's like that's. It's not narratively interesting because no, then it's you're not. Just waiting for like one word and it's like okay that's cool once but it's a hell of a lot cooler when other characters do it right like i don't know black bolt sucks black bolt uh, does suck but you you see so many times where they they really want that regal nature and that royalty to come across in a, in a relationship, but the only time I've ever really bought it is with Storm and T'Challa. Yeah. Uh, because they, they, both of them separately 
already carried themselves with that kind of vibe. So when you put them together, it's like, yeah, of course, of course that they're going to have uh, this perfect mesh of, of royalty uh, to the point where like nobody, nobody talks shit about them when they were right. Everybody no was one. like, no, they're, they're the best. Listen, their wedding was so important that even though the Civil War was happening, at the same time, they uh-huh. all showed up for their wedding. Uh-huh. Even though Ever- they had to keep Tony and Steve on separate sides of the room. <laughs> hey, hey, I've been to some weddings where you got to be creative with the, the way. Right, the seating, you just had to be good about the seating chart. Look, I know yeah. your white friends are fighting. <laughs> you know, these dumb white boys are fighting again. So <laughs> let's just keep one over here and one over here. Okay, who's on whose side so we can figure out this? Listen, every wedding has a difficult seating chart. That was theirs. You got to plan ahead. You got to know who's going to fight. You got to know who's going to drink. You got you to gotta have it all planned out. Uh, right. Otherwise, you got to get a new wedding planner. And I hear that J-Lo is very expensive. Right. And there's also a potential that she will fall in love with the groom. There's also that. That is a very, like, it's it's a common thing. It's a trope. Yeah. Because, you know, I that's my constant concern of, of ever getting married is that what if our wedding planner falls in love with the groom? Yeah. Because women can't trust other women. Yeah. These women. You so know. I have to hire a gay man. But, then what if, other, but what if that gay man makes my husband gay? Oh, no. You're I in, mean, a, you're in just, a logo movie. I can't trust anyone, really, is the point. that The, mo- <laughs> the, most, put upon, <laughs> the most put upon group in the world is the cis straight white woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> An essay by by Melania and Ivanka Trump. No, guys, it's really hard. Especially if you're rich. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, this is going to go considerably higher on the list. Right, and I think the saddest thing is the only thing that broke them up is the X-Men. So, like, that's another, like, notch in the why I don't like the X-Men. Like, her, her fucking brain, her, her Kool-Aid kicked in, and she chose the X-Men over her husband and the, the kingdom that embraced her as their queen. Like, what the fuck? Like, how much Kool-Aid does he give you, man? I'm telling you, he is just a cult leader. Well, uh, anybody, anybody uh, remember what Charles Xavier's superpower is? Anybody? Mind Eddie? control. Oh, it's mind control. Mind control. Oh, uh, weird. It's just the X-Men is just a cult. Weird. Any X-Men that leaves the X-Men and becomes an Avenger is instantly better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they are much more palatable. I don't like Wolverine as a general rule. Like, I've mentioned multiple times, I think that he is the herpes of the Marvel Universe. He's just everywhere. He's just everywhere, and just when you think that he's gone, he breaks out. Yep. And I, I don't like him. 
but I will, I, he is much more palatable to me as an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Because it was purposeful and at a place in time where it worked. And they didn't put up with his bullshit. Yeah. Whereas I feel like that's part of the Kool-Aid at the, at, at Xavier's Institute is that, listen, also, I'm sorry, quit pronouncing your name Xavier. Like it is <laughs> Xavier. That is an X is pronounced as a Z. Xavier. So you're <laughs> Xavier. <laughs> my name is Charles Xavier. Welcome to my mansion. Don't worry about that tingling in your brain. I'm just poking around a bit. I can't possibly hurt you. I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah, look at this blanket on my legs. I'm clearly paralyzed. Believe me, you shouldn't. No one in a wheelchair has ever been a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I t- I, I'm, I'm telling you, if if there are any pictures of Chloe from Smallville hanging, ar- hanging around fucking Charles Xavier, we need to do some serious investigating. <laughs> He's just the head of Chloe's sex cult. Yeah. Oh, uh, do you remember the, the weird spelling on that sex cult? Uh, there's a pretty prominent X in there. There absolutely is. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Hi, Jean Grey. I'm I'm just writing you to let you know that, you know, I'm I'm really a big fan of your work, and and me and some other girls are starting a group of women who are trying to be progressive and successful. And yeah, no. Please bring Kristen Keurig. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Hey, she's got a new show coming. She sounds like she's getting it back together now that she's free. I mean, good for her. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything against her. She didn't do anything wrong. She's just not a very good actress. Yeah, uh, there there were two actors on that show that I like legitimately like. Uh, and that's uh, Justin Hartley, who he he's like on This Is Us or. No, I know who Justin Hartley is. Uh, he was. He, he was. I did was, watch Smallville. I, he was Green Arrow on that show. He was okay. He was good. And then friggin' Lois on that show rules. Uh, she was the she was like the best part of those later seasons. Erica uh, Durham's right. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, uh, she's good too. She, she was fantastic. I do have a soft spot. The entire time you're like, uh, this Clark does not deserve her. I okay listen so Clark on Smallville not great I do have a soft spot for Tom Welling because he also acknowledges that Clark on that show was not great and a lot of it had to do with the fact that like the the WB and DC really curved curbed what they could do with Clark Mm -hmm. and that has always been a very that's always been very frustrating for him is that like because of them still wanting to do Superman movies concurrently with Smallville being on, that there was so much that they wouldn't let them do that it made it less fun. Huh? They used to have that saying, no tights and no flights. Right. And so it wouldn't let them have, he didn't get to be Superman. You know, like it wasn't, he was just kind of like this powerless, like, 
poor man's version of Superman. And so that has always been a source of frustration for him. He was the boy. Right. Exactly. (laughs) If you ever go, if you ever get into Lucifer and watch season three, where um, Tom Welling is a main character. Really? In season three. He is so good. And I don't want to tell you who he plays and what the, because it's actually like, there's actually, there's like a a plot twist involving his character. So I don't want to say who he is because it's, but he plays a character and he's a character. The way he plays it is so much better than other times because it is still Lucifer. So it's a character based in biblical mythology. Mm -hmm. So, I've seen that character played on many other things. And I have to say that Tom Welling is my favorite version of that. Dang. And he is just very good. And he's, you know, if he had gotten to play Clark well, I could, he's kind of like a version of, he's like a, more, he's a Clark without superpowers, but like he's a likable guy, even though, you know, things tend to be a little bit shady around him he's likable and he's he's nice and he woos a girl and it's like he is so good on the on lucifer and he also aged very well all right and uh yeah so i would definitely recommend watching him on lucifer if you haven't it's all on netflix and uh it gets one more season you get they get to do their five seasons that they wanted to do so I'm I'm always happy to hear when a when a show is able to end when they wanted to. Yeah, it got canceled uh, off Fox on season three, but Netflix picked it back up because the fans loved it so much and wanted to save it. And Netflix was like, "It's doing really well at streaming anyway. Like people are binging it all the time or watching it all the time on the Netflix platform. So we'll pick it up. We'll give it season four. See how season four does." Season four did well, so they get they're giving it their final season that they want that he wanted five they wanted five seasons and he's giving it the fifth season. So perfect, yeah. And season four was really good too. They added my uh, an actress that I really like uh, in Bar Levy, who is uh, beautiful and wonderful and adorable, uh, and she would be like my top pick for like Adana Troy. Wow. In a um, in a. Uh, Non-Titans. Titans. Oh, non-Titans. <laughs> well, not like Titans, because she's obviously, they already have a Donna Troy on Titans. Right, right. But like in a, in a like, other, something other than Titans, like if they made a movie. Yeah. Uh, she would be my, she would be my Donna Troy pick. And uh, she plays Eve. Of Adam and Eve. Okay. And she's adorable. And they, the way they spin Eve is the original party girl. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great how they, well, it's great how they make it work of like how, you know, she's the original, the literal original party girl and how she's, you know, a lot of her issues have stemmed from Adam being a shitty husband and still in love with his first wife, Lilith. So it was, it's very good. In context, it makes more sense, but it's a very good. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, that's not how I remember that story happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much of it, how much is there really for Eve in there? She ate an apple and she fucked everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. So they give her context and backstory. So 
Anyway, that's my plug for Lucifer. I guess we should still talk about the X-Men. I guess. Oh, God. Uh, so, so here's what, what I'm thinking. Do you think Storm and T'Challa are, like, top ten? No, because I do think part of the, th- the, the problem with them is, is that she's um, part of a cult. So she will always pick the cult over her husband. So that puts it a little bit lower for me. I would so, say top what, 20. The, the, the reason that I bring that up is because the, the ship that is, you, I, I think you could find a comparison with it is Scott and Barda. Uh, because Barda was legit a part of a cult that True. she had to break out of. So there, there is that similar kind of path, but you do also have that part of Storm choosing to go back to the cult, whereas Barda breaks free and never goes back. Like yeah. she's, she's like, I'm out of that. <clears throat> so, so that's where, where I would say they, they diverge, but Scott and Barda at, are at number three. So they, they are definitely high you think going back to the cult is is such a strike to put it that much lower yeah because i think you know bart obviously barda and scott would be so much lower if she went back to the cult you know the part part of what makes them work is that she leaves the cult and their love is strong enough to keep her keep them both safe from that other life that they led whereas you know if you're in a relationship and you know your girlfriend's cult or your wife's cult is responsible for the destruction of your country and then you give her a choice me or your cult your country that has embraced you as their queen or your cult and she picks the cult yeah how much did she really love you? That's true. That's true. Um, what? How would you compare it to Tony and Rhodey? Better or worse? Um, worse. Okay. Tony and Rhodey are at 16 right now. And then right below them... I, I think we found the spot because I, d- I really don't think that you're going to put uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle above Storm and T'Challa. So I think yeah, I'm nope, going to... Nope, right just... there. Right in between Tony and Rhodey and Booster Gold and T'Challa. Perfect spot for him. Right there. That's number 17. That's still really good. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think top 10, but I do think you're top 20 because when it was good, it was really good. Yeah. Okay. If you learn anything from this episode, it's that the X Men are a cult. They are. They are a cult. But they are. Uh, I mean, let's be real. They are a sex cult. Yeah. It's true. And they recruit young. They do. It's un- that's upsetting. In 
I starting to hate the X Men because of this episode? I am. Oh boy. We'll see how we. We'll see where we land at the end. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so, moving on. Um. Well, let's just get this one out of the way because I don't have a lot to say about it other than it sucks. Um, Wolverine and Jean Grey. Also bad. Yeah. So bad. Because I feel Uh, like 90% of his motivation to be with Jean Grey is just to screw over Scott. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, It's definitely a spite romance. Yeah. Um, yeah really don't like it um and especially in the movie where it was like extra extra forced um because like Hugh Jackman's great uh Famke Jansen is great they they don't really have chemistry together uh sad to say uh so every time they were like in those oh compromising situations and oh there's romance a brewing it's like no not really not i'm not buying any of this um but then again those movies were ostensibly about romance and sex but they also felt incredibly sterile uh guys if you haven't picked up yet i hate those fucking movies uh they make me real mad um Oh, man. Well, I'm scrolling back down. Man. Did I lose you? Nope. I, I just, just have nothing to, I've said all I have to say about Wolverine and Jean Grey. It's, it's entirely a spite relationship. Like, I don't, I don't like her. I don't like him. I've got, there's no positives <laughs> for me. Man, okay. So, <clears throat> we, we did put Scott and Jean at 74. Do we think it's above or below that? Um, below. Below. And Hank and Jan. Mm, I could put it just, I could literally just put. Right below. Just Scott right below Jean. Scott and Jean. Okay. Like, I'm okay they with both that. suck. And like, but not, I don't think either of them is worse than wife beater. Yeah. Yeah. You got a point. All right. Well, that's our new number 75. Uh, Lucky Jim, Wolverine, and uh, Jean Grey. All right. So, let's see what else we've got. Do you want to talk about Rogue and Gambit? I mean, they don't bother me. I don't particularly care for Rogue or Gambit. I like I like Rogue on her own. 
Um, but especially don't like her in the movie. Uh, surprise, surprise. And I've never really gotten the gambit thing. Um, I know, I know there's a lot of girls who really love gambit, but I, I've never. Is it the accent? I don't know because like everyone that I met with that accent was very strange. And, like, not the type of guy that you would want to hang around with. But, I mean, just, it's, like, a general thing, though. Like, girls like a guy with an accent. So, like, it's, like, a trope. So, like, is it just that he's got an accent? Is it that they're both Southern? Like, I don't know. I liked Cartoon Rogue. I don't, I just don't understand. I guess I don't understand the appeal of either character in any sexual context. (laughs) Because Rogue's powers is literally she touches you and you die. <laughs> and uh, I just don't I, I don't understand anything any appeal of Gambit. Like I just I don't get it. I don't okay, he throws fire cards and he says Mon ami and he's Cajun. Yeah, I don't okay. It's kind of it. I can also throw ki- fire cards. I have a lighter and a deck of cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and like gambit always felt like that character that was really really trying hard to be cool uh despite all evidence to the contrary maybe that's why people like him so much he's a fucking try hard and all the guys who are reading the comic that are like gambit's fucking cool are also try hards every single guy who likes gambit also likes boba fett yeah. Yes. The Venn diagram. That Venn diagram is like just one circle because it's overlapped so far of like people who like Boba Fett and people who like Gambit. They are the same. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I, I just like he was kind of cool in one of the video games because he had a cool power and like using his like little you know extendable staff really neat as a character kind of sucks uh and that weird neck head thing <laughs> the weird neck head piece i ju- i don't get it what is that what is that what, nobody has ever worn that in real life what is it maybe a skier i Yes, but like if you're a skier, you want to like protect the parts of your face that can get frostbitten. And yeah. like he's from Louisiana, like extra clothes, no. Trench coat, no. None of his costumes. Yeah. Because that's like it's that's not like a comfortable heat. I have been to New Orleans a few yeah. times. I've also just been in the south near water. And if you want to talk about humidity, he's there's a leather and metal. Yeah. Also, have you experienced the term swamp ass? Yeah. Because that is where it comes from. Guess what, Gambit? She don't want to touch you just because she'll kill you. She don't want to touch you because you're gross. Yeah. Sweaty ass. Ugh. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, but it is, I've, I've heard many a girl tell me about how they are 
hashtag goals or whatever. What I will say is that if you compare them, like if you go by cartoon, because that's the only really con- real context that I have for them is the cartoon. Um, and your comparison are Jean Grey and Scott and Rogue and Gambit. Like I can see where your expectations of romance are yeah. skewed towards Rogue and Gambit because they were at least people that seemed to enjoy each other's company and weren't entirely codependent. Yeah. And, but I do also want to say in the same way that every Gambit fan is a Boba Fett fan, I think every person who ships Gambit and Rogue also ships the Joker and Harley Quinn. Where it's like, you, you just latched on to this pairing because of the cartoon, didn't you? You didn't actually like re- do any research onto who they are as people. Yeah. That that's that's just the vibe I get from from that ship, um, which who knows we might be making a lot of people mad right now. But guess what, people? We have voicemail. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us how mad you are about it. We're not going to change the ranking, but let us know. Uh, so I'm thinking it's not it's not like actively harmful. It's it's just kind of one of those. Ugh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are married now, so I guess there's that. Yeah, they're married after a <laughs> swerve of of you know making people think that two other people are going to get married and then they don't get married and then they're like, I guess we'll just get like have Rogan Gambit get married now. It's like okay, I guess whatever. Everything's made up. X-Men is dumb. <laughs> Did you just say X-Men was dumb is dumb? I'm so frustrated with it. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I just I just want it to be good. I just want it to be good. And you know what? I heard something about Dark Phoenix that was like, oh man, that's really cool. Too bad I'll never see it because that movie's already out of theaters. And I don't want to subject myself to probably two hours of nonsense for 30 seconds of, hey, that's pretty cool. And that's the Dazzler shows up in that movie. It's like, how did we get, how many movies did they make of, of the X-Men? Over 10. Over 10 movies. And we just now got Dazzler showing up. Help me out, guys. Help me out. She is the biggest layup for a, a movie character there is. She sings. She's sparkly. She's fun. Why are we just now getting there? And it's 30 seconds. I read it. It's like, come on. Come on. I'm very annoyed with the X-Men. Because not only did they do that, they they did Kitty Pride dirty on so many occasions. <sighs> you cast... Ellen Page as Kitty Pride, and then gave her nothing to do. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Don't you see that you're hurting me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anywho, uh, so the, the area that I'm kind of looking that is like the, eh, it's okay kind of part of the list is like Wanda and Vision 
uh, Cap and Sharon, Peter and yeah. Kitty. Like, yeah, that works for me. Do you, do you think it goes any higher than any of those? Lower? No. I think it. you can kind of fit it in anywhere you want on that all right. on that scale because it is all of those just kind of like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Well, then I'm putting it, I'm going to put it under Peter and Kitty, but above Barry, Allen, and Hal Jordan. Okay. Uh, because even though I, I just, I really don't get it, they're more interesting characters than Barry or Hal. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. So that's going to be... Uh, our new 52 wink wink dc you hear me uh <laughs> fucking rogan gambit remy the quill and uh fucking uh what's 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 rogue's real name i don't care satan it's remy lebeau i think well, that that's Gambit is Remy LeBeau. Fucking, I don't know. I'm just gonna put Rogue. I'm the only one who reads this goddamn list. Okay. Now let's go for another real bad one. Uh, let's just put. Uh, fucking Scott and Emma, real low. Anna Marie, that's her real name. Anna Marie, thank you. Oh, that's right, I remember. Uh, it was was it a flashback to her parents in that in that first movie, or I don't know. I remember them them calling Anna Pack when Anna Marie. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know her surname. Uh, she sometimes also uses the name Raven, which is the uh, first name of her foster mother's mystique. Right. Who gives a shit? There's so much complicated stuff in Rogue's backstory. There's so much complicated everything everywhere in the X-Men, and that's why I just don't care. I don't have the time or energy. Listen, I already have to put up with remember the time that Iron Man's armor tried to have sex with him and murder, tried to murder all of his friends because it was in love with him. I don't need to put up with whatever other complicated backstory is going on with the X-Men. There's just too much of it. And I even tried. Like, I tried to do a ladies' night where we sat down and talked about, like, the complicated history of the X-Men and, like, even the X-Men authority that I had there was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, How I get into to, X-Men, and it was like... I used to listen to the podcast Jay and Miles explain the X-Men, and after like 25, 30 episodes, I was like, we aren't even out of the 70s, and I'm so confused. And I just stopped. I just had yeah. to stop. Um... But yeah, I with with uh, Scott and Emma, the reason 
that it is going so low, so, so low, is because they boned on Jean Grey's grave. Gross. That is so gross. <laughs> so unhealthy. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Just, I just, like Emma as a character. Yeah. But like, everything about that is just. She can do so much better than Scott. Bad. She has never had a good relationship. No. <laughs> never. Never, ever, ever. Also, uh, never had a good costume. Can we can we agree on that? Um, she had a co- she had an okay one for a while, like in the civil during the Civil War era, where it was kind of just. I mean, it wasn't a great costume, but it was clothes instead of just being kind of like hanging off her tits. She she's just she always looks like a lingerie mannequin, and it's like, oh girl, come on, just you know you you can you can find something else to wear. Like, help yourself out. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, they've also <laughs> explained that in her, like, story and, like, how she has talked at length about why she dresses the way that she does because her I sexuality know. is a weapon. And so, like, I, I mean, I can get it. If it wasn't written by a man, I would be more behind it. But, like... That's, that's where, where it comes from. It's like... Yeah, that explanation is sure fine and dandy when it's coming from a fictional character written by a man. Yeah. You're, you justifying it doesn't make it better. It makes it weird. Because, like, you, you could just design a cool costume for her. Like, call Jamie McKelvey. I, I'm sure he has ID, ideas. Come on. Yeah, I have a complicated relationship with that with him because he's just such a he's so connected to fucking Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen that like I can't and he's like a Kieran Gillen apologist and that's really ruined him for me. All right, Gabriel Piccolo. All right, perfect. Gabriel Piccolo, let's go. I, I there's plenty of artists who can redesign her a costume for her and make it way cool yeah so so we're both on board with this being pretty bad stuff uh do we think it beats up the wife beater Mm, no because he still didn't beat her up (laughs) yeah Yeah. they fucked on his dead wife's grave but like also he didn't beat her up yeah, at least not that I can remember. Cause I mean, there, I would, there's a difference, though, between, like, there's a difference, though, between I am engaging in spousal abuse and we are enemies fighting. So, right. like, I don't, like, if you are fighting on a di- opposite sides of something and you are, one is the bad guy and one is the good guy, it's, it's different because it's probably not while you're actively dating. And even yeah. if you are, you're probably pulling punches. But, like, I'm talking about he didn't beat her up in the strictest terms of I am not engaging in spousal abuse. I am not engaging in any sort of domestic violence towards my partner. Mm-hmm. So... That's that's where my line is. Is like, 
Whereas with Hank Pym, it was very much, this is domestic violence against my partner. Yeah. That then they tried to cover in a misunderstanding of how mental, how mental health disorder works. Right. Okay. So, so if it's better than Hank and Jan, is it, is it, better than logan and gene is it better than scott and gene like i would say that i would rather see scott with and like a function if scott was a functional person that didn't constantly sit there and think about how much he misses gene that -hmm. relationship might have worked out okay yeah but because he is not a functional human being that was the biggest one of the biggest problems why they don't work out is because he he will never work out with anyone because he's always going to be Gene. Yeah. So I would say it's above Gene. I would rather see him, him with Emma than Gene because at least she tries to like be a functional person with him and like yeah. she is trying to be a better person. And he does help like help her become a better person. Right. Uh so like when they are functioning properly they do have that like Im- improving effect on each other because yeah. when they're when they're in charge of the school like they actually do some good good work together right uh they're they're a good school mom and dad um it's just one of them kind of loses it a little too easily yeah uh, I will also say, just in the interest of time, mm-hmm. I don't have a crack in the hull for this episode because everything to me about X Men, they are all cracks in the hull. <laughs> I don't. There's not an X Men ship that I am like a hundred percent on the ship. Like, so I don't have any that I abhor to the point that I think that they're just. I don't want to talk about your crack. Yeah. So. And and like I I think I've we're we're at about an hour and a half, um, so like I only have two more that that I think we could probably breeze by pretty quickly, but because I, th- I also want to make sure that we get to our voicemail. Oh yeah, yeah. That I'll be I'll be playing the voicemail uh, at the top of the show. Cool. Um, and uh, you have already heard that by now if you are listening. Um, so the, the first one that I want to get to, as I have made abundantly clear, Kitty Pride is one of my favorite characters. Um, but Kitty Pride has a, uh, <laughs> she has a, a weakness for Peters. Uh, for... <laughs> uh, so one of her most prominent ships is with Colossus and from the outside it looks like a pretty harmless ship like you you can you can look at that and be like yeah that's cute like whatever uh but as with everything with the X-Men there is a darker more sinister side and that's the fact that uh Kitty Pride was underage um mm-hmm. That makes it pretty gross. Pretty gross. Because even though Colossus was technically like maybe two years older, 
the way that he was drawn in comparison to Kitty was this is a grown ass man and this is a little girl and it's super uncomfortable and I I'm not a fan of it um I think once you know some years passed it became a little more palatable because both of them had been aged up but from that original kind of romance building it was really really weird it was it was kind of like a, a a sophomore or junior in college going after a freshman in high school it's like uh, i don't know i don't really like this um so even something that looks pretty wholesome the x-men it just it just devolves into gross uh man it's frustrating Stop! Just stop! Just stop trying to do the romance, guys. Just, you're bad. You're bad at it. Yep. So, I will definitely say that it's going below uh, Peter Parker and Kitty Pride. Yeah. Um, so that that Peter and Kitty, um, which if you if you don't know, Kitty has dated three separate men named Peter. Uh, that's that's a trend. That's enough for a trend. That's a pattern. Yeah, that's like you know Dick Grayson and redheads. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So let's see where they're at. I know they're. Kind of in the middle. Okay. So that would put it at... Okay, so they're at number 51. Um, So... Right below that, we, we've got Gambit and Rogue. We've got Flash and Green Lantern. We've got Superman and Wonder Woman, Daredevil and Elektra, uh, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. Are you thinking, like, l- lower than that? Like, what, what do you think is our, our floor? What is after Peter and Gwen? Uh, Babs and Luke. What's after Babs and Luke? Lestat and Louie. Yeah, I could put them in between there. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, again, they're okay as a ship. I just can't. It's hard for me with the underage thing. Yeah. But, yeah. like, this was also statutory rape. Right. Also, a thing that Professor X just let happen. Just okay with. Just fine with it. Just fine with her definitely being much younger than this man and also underage. Is this the man that you want in charge of your childhood's future? I'm just saying. Not that Magneto's better. No. 
because he's not. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to start saying that this is some like Magneto was right pop propaganda. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. All right. Well, that's our new uh, 58 uh, Colossus and Kitty Pride. Which, like, my dude's last name is Rasputin. That should be your first sign. Like, Chris Claremont, I know you're better than that. Like, you couldn't have thought of... You couldn't have researched Russia enough to get... Any other. Any other. Like, just just take the second, second crack at it. Just literally Google Russian names. And then whatever comes after Rasputin. We do have to accept that uh, Chris Claremont did write this book before Google. Okay, we'll look up in a dictionary Russian last names. Right. You could have used another well-known Russian last name, too. Like, it it worked for Marvel. Like, Romanov is a last name that is well-known, but it wasn't tied to inherent evil. Right. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just just thought of uh, another Russian last name that would make his full name very funny, and that's Peter Putin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Sorry, you're not supposed to laugh at your own. <laughs> no, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up with our last one. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and that last one is, of course, Charles Xavier and Eric Lencher. <laughs> Professor X and Magneto, a.k.a. the two bitchy queens that are just running their children at each other. Good. In the, I, in the- I genuinely would enjoy it more if they actually were played out in comics as just two bitchy queens and they they're, were just rival gay homes. I mean, that's that's how you have to read it at a certain point. Like, like especially <laughs> rival how, drag houses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but like especially with the way that uh Ian McKellen played Magneto, like he was definitely bringing the bitchy queen. Um, Ian McKellen has been on record saying he had no idea what he was doing. He was just given a script and read some line. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he doesn't mm-hmm. under he didn't understand at any level what he was doing. Yeah. But you know what? He was damn entertaining. He was one of the only good parts of those damn movies. 
the only good part about those movies is that uh, the riff tracks of one of them, I think it's the first one, uh, the riff tracks did a thing where anytime, or Magneto said magnificent at one point as a line, and he, <laughs> they turned it into a <laughs> magnetosint. <laughs> and that is the only way that I'll say magnificent now is just <laughs> magnetosint. And just I love it. any word that they could turn into Magneto putting his own name in it is great. Like I would love a supervillain that just turned words into his own name. Man, I just I just remembered that part of one of those freaking movies when they thought it was good to have the guy who has a metal skeleton to go after the guy that controls metal in a metal tube that is flying down the tracks. Why yeah, did you, right. Why did, you, why did you send? Why did you send him? <laughs> send anyone else? Uh, also, uh, in ultimate, in ultimate, uh, when the like the event where they like killed off ninety percent of the ultimates. Mm-hmm. Um, the the def, like the leading source of that kill off was the ultimate Magneto, and he did like that was how he killed Wolverine in the mag in the Ultimates universe. Is he ripped his spot or that he ripped his skeleton from his body and then crushed it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's <laughs> the thing that Magneto would do, right? <laughs> like I don't I don't think anybody can pretend to be surprised after yeah. that. Um yeah, so with Xavier and Magneto, uh they they I really want a remake of the birdcage uh <laughs> with Magneto and Xavier. Um, um, I guarantee you that Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy would do that. hundred percent. Mostly because we've seen them be in worse movies together. So like, and, right. <laughs> and nobody like, and listen, no one embraces the two of them as a gay couple more than the two actors that played them. Shockingly, shockingly. They're uh, like, yeah, cool. Whatever. That's fine with us. And like, yeah. They're just on board. They're on board with with them being school marms that are like just exes that are jealous of each other and trying to make each other jealous all over again. Oh, Charles. Yeah. Yas, queen. Yas, queen. Yas, Charles. Oh, Charles, you know that peace was never an option. Um, yeah, so... but my dick was. Where the hell do we put this on the list? Because it's like, it's it's non-canon, but it's basically canon. And it's like not uh... worse of all. I don't all. know, I feel like it could go into that like 20s, 30s area where it's like, it's not bad, but like, eh. I don't care either. Yeah. Uh, like Steve Sharon territory. So I was I was just looking around there. Um, 
Let's see. So right above Stephen Sharon is Wanda and Vision, and like Obi Wan, Padme, Bruce and Selena, Dick and Corey. Uh, so do you think it's like above in that area, or do we think it's below with like Gambit and Rogue, Barry and Hal kind of area? I think it'd be more like the Barry and Rogue, Gambit and Hal area. Yeah. Do you think it's better than Gambit and Rogue? Yeah, because at least it entertains me and I can come up with those head cannons <laughs> about them just being a rival drag, dra- rival drag houses. Yeah, but I, I am going to say that it is not as good as Peter and Kitty, Peter Parker and Kitty, now that we have to actually uh, specify with that. Uh, only because... Peter and Kitty are not as dysfunctional. Yeah, I would go, I would agree with that. Well, DC, I hear your per- your ears perking up again because we got a new no- number fifty two. Got a Ayo. new one, and that is the two bitchiest queens in the Marvel universe, Professor X and Magneto. And yeah, that's pretty much all I can think of. Uh, like, I have this this list up that we can kind of talk about, but I don't really care about most of the stuff on this list. Like, they've this got boom, they've got boom boom and cannonball. They've got Wolverine and Storm. Which no, no, <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna say that that's okay. I'm good. Colossus and Domino, Storm and Forge, which like Forge, no, really, Forge, no. Um, why is Captain Britain on here? No, get out of here. Which Cap- Captain Britain? Um, Brian Braddock. Okay. So like the Captain Britain. There's only one Captain Britain that I like. Which one? The one that's named Kelsey. <laughs> she died in the 90s. Of course. Of course. Uh, she was like, she was Captain Britain during the like late 90s, early 2000s, and then was uh, died in the Wanda Purge. Ah, the Great Wanda Purge. The Great Wanda Purge. Yeah, we we pretty much covered everything of uh, importance on this list. Like, I'm not going to talk about fucking Shatterstar or whatever his name is. is yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Shatterstar and Richter. I Like, everything about Shatterstar reeked of, oh, we, we should have, like, gay people, but, like, not too many gay people what about one gay people (laughs) a gay people is fine right Uh, all right a single gay people yeah and it's like richter is just some guy like i guess i I don't know 
it, 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 it definitely felt like we can do this to sell some comics and then we can never really talk about it again. And... Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, what's this last last sentence in their uh, entry? Oh, the pair haven't been seen since X Factor ended a few years ago, and one can only hope they're enjoying their time off together. So they literally like they're just gone. They're gone. <laughs> so like you know, <sighs> they sigh. Sorry, folks. Uh, oh, we we also are not going to be ranking Jean Grey. And her obsession with outing Bobby Drake. Uh, just not going to talk about it. Not going to yeah. rank it. It's not cool, Gene. It's not, not cool, Gene. That should be. That should just be a podcast. <laughs> All of the shitty things Gene Gray does, and it's just called "Not Cool, Gene." <laughs> not cool, Gene. <laughs> I can't do it because that would require me to have to read X-Men. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something for the Jay and Miles crew to pick up. I can't do it. Or literally anybody. You know, if you like X-Men and want to talk about X-Men, I got a great podcast plan for you. It's called Not Cool Gene. Yeah. Hey, so I'm, I'm sure that uh, Magneto and Professor X have an actual ship, but since I'm in control of the list and I am a fan of making up really shitty ship names. Uh, I'm going to call them the Cerebros. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, I popped myself. That's some good stuff. stuff. Just, (laughs) just unbelievable. Anyway, folks, uh, we're going to be wrapping up today. Do you have an idea for what you would like to do next episode? Uh, no, but are we, uh, are we skipping Fuck, Mary Kill also? Because I, my answer is kill all of them. <laughs> I kind of figured. I... I'm not... Listen, it's not that I hate mutants. It's that I just hate the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's, here's, I'm just going to give myself an F Mary kill, uh, since it'll be easy. Uh, Mary Kitty Pride. Uh, <laughs> let's see. F Dazzler, uh, because it would be a magical night. Um, and uh, kill Wolverine. Perfect. Cool. We did it. <laughs> we, we have done all of our responsibilities. Kraken, they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> my fuck Mary kill is um, I have teeth in my vagina and I'm killing anyone who touches me. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, uh, maybe we'll do a wild card special. We haven't done one of those in a little while. We can, you know, just throw some weird ones out there. Uh, we, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. It'll be a surprise. Um, but anyways, uh, for the shipping manifest, I have been Kyle Lee. I'm Kelsey Nicole. And I uh, just want to keep on shipping. Stay fresh, cheese bags. There it is. <laughs>